Hello and welcome to another edition of the Chip and Gary Tennis Show. Unfortunately, Chip is not with us today, but fortunately, I have another friend that's a Chip, and it's Chip Halbar from uh, originally Cincinnati, Ohio, and Chip was a player and kind of a later in life, like me, a, a fellow sales rep, I believe. I was with Wimbledon and Spalding and uh, Wilson eventually and uh, so I got up to Cincinnati quite a bit where my relatives lived and went around that area and, and got to knew, know the name Chip Halbar but didn't really know Chip but uh, now I do because you know I'm kind of a fan of his daughter Ellie Halbar who's on the pro tour and was up in the 200s and so Chip has not only I guess ball boyed for Billie Jean King at the Queen City Racquet Club, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but also gone through the trials and travails of uh, having a prof young professional woman tennis player on the tour, and uh, he and his wife Natalie, I think, are, are negotiating those waters. Chip, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for asking me. Yeah, well, no, you were, that's special. I, I, I know that there's... Cincinnati is kind of a tennis town, a real tennis town, where you grew up, and so I guess you had a lot of opportunities to play tennis early. I did, and I actually started playing when I uh, was dismissed from the baseball team when I was a young kid, and uh, my mom said, you're going to do something, and, and took me up there uh, to uh, the Glendale Lyceum, where Charlie Rice was the... Uh, with the pro, and he was a teacher at uh, Middletown um, High School, but he had come from Georgia, and I believe he played for the University of Georgia, and um, he's, gosh, he's got to be in his 90s, late 90s now, or mid-90s, but, um, and he's still alive, as I, as, I, as I know, but that's how I got my start playing tennis, and I, uh, and uh, certainly wasn't the player you were, but um, enjoyed it, and I still enjoyed the sport. Well, that's interesting because I remember, let's see, I'm 63 now, and when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, 50 years ago and more, um, Middletown was a real hot spot for tennis, as Springfield, Ohio was, but Middletown even more so, and they had tournaments up there, and it might have been Mr. Rice uh, had some influence over that. But So uh, tell me about growing up and, and, and then what you did tennis-wise? Well, tennis-wise growing up, I uh, just remember getting up early in the morning and heading up to uh, the Glendale Lyceum, which was uh, our local um, club. And believe it or not, they had four red clay tennis courts. Really? That they, yeah. And then they eventually um, um, switched them over to the uh, hard truth. They called it Tenneco back then. But, um, right. But we played there, and then as we got more into it, there was an indoor court um, uh, that was being built right near us at, at Tri-County Racquet Club, where we played a little bit, and then they built Queen City Racquet Club, and that um, really was a nice thing. We met players from all over the city, and I uh, got to play there, and really had a great time, and, and have lifelong friends uh, from there that we still uh, uh, talk to, and reminisce about those days of just hanging out at the club and playing and then uh, Steve Cantardi came to Queen City Racquet Club and eventually went to Harper's but Steve was a great influence for all of us uh, my father tells me uh, you know um, my uh, um, somewhat of success out in the uh, in the world after tennis he says you owe a lot of that to Steve Cantardi you know that's interesting. That is interesting. I worked for Steve myself, and just a, a, some, there's some character, some guys that are just really have personalities, and Steve had a, a big personality and so friendly. But uh, he's uh, Steve's doing something he has been for a while, something very interesting down there in Texas, hadn't he, Chip? Oh, it's great. I, I've got to do that one day. I think if I can get my knee in order. Uh, Tell, tell the viewers what tell the viewers what he does down there at Nukes, place down in New Braunfels. 
Yeah, he's, he's got the uh, players, I think a lot of Aussie players and, and as well as American players that uh, were top players in the world in their time and gets groups of uh, guys. It's kind of the dream team. Uh, it's kind of, uh, of, of the older players. It's, it's kind of like these baseball. Um, fantasy, um, fantasy you know, camps. Uh-huh. The fantasies that people go on and then uh, I have a, a, a friend that's, that's, that's done it and he wanted me to do it and it just didn't work out. I, I will do it at one point, but it's a great idea and Steve is, just makes tennis fun. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. You know, he, he just makes tennis fun. Yeah, and he's he's run several clubs and used to work for Nick Bolteri way back at the uh, camps before Nick started his Bradenton thing. But uh, he's a super guy. I remember uh, inviting him and his wife to the Paul McCartney concert. We had a, a guy that kind of ran the, the tickets at Rupp Arena in Lexington for the concerts, and he would get me some tickets, and we had some front row places, so that was a fun time. But, yeah, he, it's uh, Snooks. It's down the fantasy camp, and I was playing with Michael Grant over at uh, Boca West uh, a couple weeks ago, and this fellow I met, and he was an oral surgeon from Northern Cal, and he would fly out and do, you know, a week of surgeries, and then three weeks he'd fly back to Boca West and just play tennis with all these guys. And uh, anyway, uh, he goes to the fantasy camp and had for several years, and just, you know, playing tennis with a, a Roy Emerson or a John Newcomb or a Johan Creek. Uh, that's uh, that would be fantastic. Well, let me digress a little bit, Chip, and talk about Ellie because you see it now as a father of somebody that's that's playing on the pro tour and all the things that are going on. And I guess we'll start off with this. I mean, uh, tell me about Ellie and what's what's happening with her right now. Well, Ellie right now is. Um Playing at twenty-five thousand down in Brazil, she's she's doing pretty well. You know, she's been uh, injured a lot, and that's tough uh, with the injuries. She has uh, beaten, you know, several players in the in the top hundred, um, and uh, working at her game. But you know, as well as I do, you coming off the injury to your uh, elbow, you, you we all know how how good you were, and, and then how tough that makes it. Uh, recover she's recovered from injuries but that's the uh, that's the easy part uh, recovering from the from the physical uh, part of the injury if you're able to uh, which she has been uh, recover from that the, the hardest part is after that is the mental part of coming back and and, uh, and not just the first time the second time mm-hmm. the third time <laughs> you know just trying to come back and and now which uh, there's been a little um, um, a detour uh, because of this new uh, ITF rule, where they're um, uh, they stopped counting the lower uh, uh, level tournaments for your WTA. You all of a sudden had a bunch of tournaments wiped off that she had used to Is try that and right? get herself going. Yeah, and uh, there's talk of reversing that, but it's really tough, you know, when you go out there, especially when you're playing a twenty-five thousand dollar tournament. That's probably as tough as certain. Um, Lower level WTA one twenty five thousand uh-huh. dollar tournament. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's tough. I I can relate to that. Girls yeah. out there, it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's uh that's tough that's tough because it it costs a lot of money to uh, go around on these tours, doesn't it? it? It it does. But if you watch what you're doing and and uh, and you can make it affordable, but it is. Uh, it is tough, and it's not so much. I remember housing a lot of uh, pros mm-hmm. in our house mm-hmm. as a kid, uh, and that seems to be going away a little bit. But it's still there, and if you can utilize the housing, that helps a lot. Um, I see. But until you can break in, once you break in, you're doing pretty well. But it, again, realize that some of the uh, tournaments at the lower levels are very tough. Uh, mm-hmm. I think someone interviewed um, the Collins girl that uh, Ellie has played. Ellie split sets with her, and she's, what, uh, I don't know, 20-something, 30-something in the world now. Is she? Ellie, Ellie lost to her twice in three sets, and once, I think, four and six or something to that uh, nature <clears throat> a couple years ago. And um, 
she was asked, what's the difference between the 25,000s and some of the lower uh, level WTAs? And she says her answer was nothing. Really? <laughs> and I, 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 you know, that, that's pretty uh, uh, a strong to say. Uh, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's fairly time. accurate. I think it's fairly accurate, it, at least uh, it, especially uh, in the later rounds. There's probably not that much difference at all. Well, I don't, I don't want to mention anybody's names, but some of the girls that were on fire last year, uh, there's a couple of them, and I, again, don't want to call them out, but they uh, dropped in to play a 25,000 just because they, for a little practice or whatever, for uh -huh. a big tournament, and, uh -huh. and they lost in the first round. Is that so, right? um, and there, there are players that were um, um, splitting sets with, like, uh, uh, player number one in the world and whatnot. So, you know, it, it, what, what is being said here is, is true. Yeah, so. Interesting. So what's, what's going forward with Ellie right now? Uh, what's your old plan? Well, she's trying to stay healthy. Um, and uh, what, what was her injury, Chip? Well, she had um, for one uh, her last two. Let's 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 call it that way. Or three was uh, the, the furthest back was a displaced rib, where she went and tried to play the Volvo. She got a wild card into the Volvo. Oh no, she got into the Volvo, uh, and with and she tried to play with a displaced rib, which is very difficult. But she wanted to go there because we had lived in Charleston a while, um, and that's a tough tournament. And then. Um, she was doing well, climbing 260, had just beaten Taylor Townsend, who was a wow, great top 100 win. player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and then she popped something in her ulnar, in her wrist, and she was out for six months, you know. So um, that's one. And then she, um, um, this last one has nothing to do with muscles or bones. It was, uh, she just flat out got sick. And, um, been uh, uh, sick for a while. And when she was younger, she went down into Central America and played and, and got sick down there. And they put her on antibiotics. It was in the hot sun for the finals, and she won the tournament. But they took her off the antibiotics. She went back on, and she developed C. diff. And, um, and then that, you know, is a, is a, 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 um, normally happens with older people with uh, bacteria. And she's uh, got better from that, but of course it wrecks your gut. And of course, when you have that, then it's uh, it's tough to come back from that. And so I think she's had little repercussions from that. I see. So it's 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 tough. But you know what? She gets to see uh, the world. She's enjoying it, and I hopefully mm -hmm. uh, it'll all work out. But she's going to Europe after after Brazil. And we'll we'll see what happens. Well, you know, what a great experience for her, and, and I think that that's really important when you say she's getting to see the world, because I really didn't appreciate it when I was doing it as much as I would have possibly now, but you're offering her an opportunity to do some, hopefully, you know, uh, memories of a lifetime. So, but, uh, so in Europe, is she playing a circuit over there, or just individual tournaments? Uh, the individual tournament, she has to try to uh, gather points in order to get back into uh, the, the higher level tournament. So mm -hmm. there's a bunch of, um, of 25s. She may play, play some 60s and 80s, uh, you know, where she can uh, get in. But uh, it it uh, it should be a little bit easier in the um, in Europe, not because it's easier the the, the players. It's because it's uh, there are more tournaments offered so it dilutes it a little bit more so it should uh it should be uh you know how many pro tournaments how many pro tournaments around the world are there chip for somebody like ellie that's uh you know uh, in that gosh, area? I, are they know, are there a lot or is it limited i don't know a lot but when i look at like say uh, when i look at a week mm -hmm. of tournaments let's say at the itf uh, uh level um and that means anywhere from um, 100,000 on down. You know, in a, when I look at the column down there, now I'm just guessing at this, I would say that there's probably an offering of, um, uh, you know, anywhere around, around 20 uh, to 25 tournaments um, that show up in, the, in maybe, let's say, the 15 to 25 uh, range. Well, that uh, seems and, uh, like a lot, but I guess around the world it's not a lot, maybe. 
it's it's not. Uh, it, I'd have to to look at that. But sometimes I'll see that there's maybe a twelve. You know, it just depends on the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you and your wife Natalie go and watch her quite a bit when she plays these tournaments? Or obviously, when she goes to Europe or Brazil, you probably don't. But um, um, no, not anymore. Not really. You, you know, um, um, I used to coach her, and I still will when when uh, she'll come to me when it's a uh, when it's a um, train wreck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with things mm-hmm. to try and, uh, and and help her. But she, um, um, I, I know her game pretty well. I know what what would work. But at her age, she wants to she wants to figure it out on well, her own. What age is that? What age is that? She's twenty one. 21 but she's a young lady um so what was she a late bloomer for example how was she ranked in the uh, midwest and the nationals and juniors well what happened is we moved down to florida and she Mm. was uh, her junior ranking uh uh, she was moving up the junior rankings and then she as a younger age started playing the uh 15s which is which is at that time were the 10s and so you know, basically, with all these leagues, if you're not um, sponsored by somebody, you have um, the uh, um, decision to make. Do I play in what league do I play in? So do I play, let's say if you're in the Southerns, do I play the Southerns tournament? Or do I play the, um, uh, uh, the national level, which can be both? Do I play the junior ITF? Do I play the uh, uh, ITF Pro League? Do I spot in some WTA tournaments? So, you know, those are all different point systems where you're trying to get points. And I see. If you, and, and it becomes just a, a, a lot. I would say that it's good to uh, uh, play some tournaments that you're supposed to win. It's good to play some tournaments where you're equal and good to play some tournaments where you um, uh, can go and play with no um, um, pressure. Uh, pressure at all yeah. you, you've got um, um, you, you'll see it with younger kids they come in and, and they'll play and they come after these uh, players have been out here and they play with no pressure but then you'll see them play somebody maybe a year younger than them and then they lose and you're like well wait a second I thought they were all world <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's just crazy it's funny that's the way the mind works we chose to play, you know, because of her injuries and not being able to play a tournament every week. We chose that, okay, uh, Ellie will play about 13 tournaments a, uh, a year. Uh, we would have liked her to play more, but it's, it was the, the, the body was breaking down a little bit. So we just chose certain ones and, and deleted certain um, leagues out there, like like either the Southerns or Nationals, and just played right. the ITF right. Juniors and, and ITF Pro Circuit. What about uh, what? What about her strengths? What what are what is her strength in her game? And I'm not just talking about shots, although it may be that there's a glaring shot. But you know the the mental side of it, the conditioning and these things, the the physical body. What 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 is, what what is her biggest strength? Well, uh, she um, when she's not injured and everything's going well, she's a she's like a pit bull out there. Um, will just come at you. It doesn't matter. Whether is that right? Five zero, um, five love. Yes, five love. And um, at that point in time, and she had a match point against her. At that point in time, guess what she tried to do? Drop, drop shot. Drop shot. No, she decided to do the game plan that we had set up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I might as well try this. Hell, I'll listen to Dad. Was that Nazi Nazi Muhammad? That was Nazi Muhammad's sister, the the UK yeah, basketball right. player that went in the pros. Oh, that's funny. And, and, and tried yeah. to hit hard with her, but all of a sudden, then she started changing up speeds and uh-huh. high drives and yeah. jump shots and blah blah blah. And um, she won. Um, uh, what was it? Thirteen straight games. Was that right? 
That would be correct. Then, uh, seven yeah. and six, one, 13. That's correct. Won 13, 13 straight. straight games. Wow. Yeah, and so. I'm sure that Asia Muhammad probably changed her demeanor as that was going on, which probably contributed to yeah. that comeback. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it works. That's the way it works yeah. mentally. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Only a tennis player or, or a dad, because you know, this is the other thing I was going to ask you, Chip. Like, I don't, I don't care how good a coach is. If a dad or a mom has seen their kid play all their life, knows all their personality, all everything that's going on with them, plus the fact the coach isn't going to care as much, I don't care who he is, that uh, a dad and a mom will know more about coaching that player, which is like just terrible for a kid to ever admit. They would never admit that. But, I, you know, I'm convinced that the parents, I know mine were, you know, were probably the absolute best critics, but since you're a parent, it doesn't matter, you know. What, have, yeah. you, have you felt that? That's true. It's, it's very true. And that's why it's really important, you know, um, when kids get a good coach in the very beginning, you know, and they can use have that coach, um, you know, when they start and all the way through, if, if it's able, and really that's tough, you know. Uh, the emotional part. The emotional part. Go through but, yes. you know, yeah, exactly the emotional part. Um, one time, um, um, Ellie and Juniors had um, played a girl. This is a really, uh, and these are things you remember. She played a girl that uh, the coach, I believe, told uh, um, uh, his uh, his player, believe it or not, to uh, cheat Ellie and, 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 and make it pretty obvious because Ellie would fall apart because Ellie didn't realize, why are people cheating me, <laughs> you know, when she was younger. And, this girl called the ball out that was maybe 10 inches in and Ellie's like <laughs> beside herself Jeez. and it worked and she fell apart and, uh-huh. and, and yeah. uh, she lost that match and um, and she was really upset and then at the end um, and then, then, then at that time they had uh, I guess it was USDA term they had these backdrop things and um, so Ellie's like going into the backdrop and loses to somebody she should probably beat because she was just all distraught and uh-huh. Comes up to me, and I'm watching from on top of a hill, and where there's another court. And she walks up and she takes her bag and just throws it against. And she, I think she this, she was like 11, you know, and she throws it against the fence. And she starts pacing about 10 feet in the back, you know, forth in front of me, you know. And she's turning and walking, and uh, and as she's doing that, um, I'm not saying anything. And she she makes it about five times back and forth and she looks at me and goes what <laughs> and I hadn't said a word and I go I started kind of laughing and she looked at me and she's man I said I said Ellie listen here's the deal I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell you anything I'm just gonna sing a song for you and she looked at me like I was crazy and I said so I started singing mama said there'd be days like this <laughs> and then she started laughing and then we went on and man what like a great a dad yeah. well I wish I'd had a dad like that yeah. And instead of slapping me across the face, and said, "You just got to call that ball out, Gary." Yeah, that's, funny. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That that's an interesting way, and, and that's kind of, you know, interesting because we haven't really talked to anybody that has talked about their kids coming up through the juniors, and it's just such an important lessons like that, like what happens and how a parent. I mean copes or, or you know because it's a very difficult thing when you've got an individual sport like that and the kids got to know that the parents are biting their nails because they want you to do well and it's just a lot of pressure all the way around so you know I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by you Chip I, I wasn't so sure about you before this interview but now that you've told me how you handle that situation I, I think I like you even more well, it's, 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 you can't get, you have to be stern at times with them as, as they go, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and trying to tell them that you can't uh, go uh, go crazy. You know, one of the things we had talked about before, today uh, uh, was, you know, um, homeschooling. Remember, as the kids are coming up, and I wanted to tell that if we're talking about junior tennis is, uh, uh-huh. Everybody will say, oh, well, my kid uh, is, is, is good, and they weren't even homeschooled. You don't need to be homeschooled. Is you know, that right? Homeschool for, 
yeah, homeschool for us was a was a wonderful um, advantage as because I didn't have a uh, a normal job and neither did um, my wife, and it gave us an immense amount of freedom to do everything we wanted to do with the kids. And um, but it, as far as an advantage for tennis. Um, I think being in school is, is an advantage in itself uh, uh, in, in, in some ways. Huh. And then also, if you can find a school that will give you an early out, every night, you know, like at 1 o'clock, you can go do your tennis. You don't need eight hours of tennis a day. You can do your – there's no advantage uh, to, to having uh, a homeschool other than the travel. And if you have a school that will allow you to miss – one to three weeks at a time and not mark you down as, you know, as truant or your parents are going to get in trouble and all that stuff, then, then you have it made. And if you have a school that will work with you that way, I'd, I'd oh. say go to, go to school. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's really no advantage um, if you have a school that will work with you. Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, so did Ellie, so Ellie obviously went to school down in um, Florida when she was, you know, where was that? What's What town were you well, living in? Ellie, Ellie went to school. We lived in Charleston a while, and Ellie went to school there. And then we ended up homeschooling her. And my boys went to school, and they played, you know, tennis, but they also played all the other sport. And Ellie, even when she was younger, played basketball, and you ran track, and, you know, soccer, and all that stuff. But um, as she... <clears throat> When we got to Charleston, uh, we ended up um, homeschooling because there was just so many tournaments. And when we went down to Florida, I mean, it just was, there's so many tournaments we were going to. And plus it gave us a freedom of not being so locked down. However, um, it, it, it is not an advantage for tennis. Uh, and I think that, um, that if somebody's, you know, just looking to say, hey, I think homeschool is going to give my kid an advantage. It's not. Keep them in school and um, and find a school that will work with you. And if you have that, you're really lucky. Boy, that's so. good advice. And how, how difficult is that to find? Or does it just depend uh, on think, the individual I school? Think, you know, in the last five years, it's gotten probably a lot better, maybe in the last three years. Because now you can work your school from your laptops. You, you know, oh, now I see. you can go to college on your laptop. It, it, it's just, um, it, it, you know, when my kids were young, it wasn't quite, it wasn't there yet, you know, and, and it was still uh, tough to find a school that wouldn't, after you've missed quite a bit of school, to not start giving you these little threats that, uh, you know, hey, you're missing a lot of school, this is this, is this and this is that. I, I, I'm not sure what they do now, but um, I, would, I think that it's a lot uh, more developed and that they're working with the kids and they're able to do some of their work from their computers, Interesting. I, I think. Hey, well, well Chip, what, what, what about this? What advice would you give to other parents that have really good kids that are trying to navigate going through all these tournaments, all this travel, training, school, everything? I mean, what can you say? Well, I think some of it is, um, um, a lot of it is, you, you know, you, you, you're going to have what you have, right? Uh, in, in some cases, uh, you know, um, some some kids have limitations and some don't have limitations. And um, and, you, and if you can understand that, uh, you know, without trying to make your kids something that they maybe won't be, um, that that's one thing. So keeping that in mind. And number two is um, if you find a good coach, and sometimes people just by being in a certain place and by dumb luck, Find a really good coach, you know that that, uh, that 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 can help them, and that's great. And some people have to navigate through to find a really good coach for them. Um, there are a lot of really good coaches out there, and then there's a lot of charlatans out there too. So um, it's it's again that's uh, that's a navigation you have to go through. But what I would do is when they're younger, make it fun. I 
I mean, lots of fun. Um, it's got to be fun. And then as they get a little bit older, you know, a little more seriousness and fun. But, but don't think that you're going to have, you know, if, 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 um, if you have a champion at 12 years old, it doesn't mean that um, they're going to be a champion at 20 years old. Uh, if you have a kid that's losing at 12 years old, don't think that he can't be a champion at 20 years old. That is so it, true. It, it, that is so, it, 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 you have to be, you have to have been around tennis to make a statement like that. That, that is yeah. so true. But it's just, uh, uh, it's got to be fun. And and, um, and uh, also just, you know, look at the big picture. And, and uh, like with, with Ellie, if, uh, if she doesn't do anything in the, in the pros, man, she is really getting a education. I got well, she's already done something. She's already done something in the pros. You, you know, you say that, but when there's 25,000 people out there trying to be a woman tennis pro and she's 250 in the world or something, you know, she has already achieved just to get to that point. And, and you've achieved, you know, you've achieved something there. So that's, you know, it, it, the good thing about, I, I guess, about tennis is that, you know, you're always striving to get better. And, and you feel like, you know, the person that you're in there with, I mean, you know, you want to see them go to the top. So, uh, you know, at the time, it's really like, because you, you have to, you have to keep pushing and things. But but in the end, when you look back on it, how many people would have loved to travel around the world, play tournaments, beat people that are top 100 players in the world and, and experience all these great places that you see along the way. And the thing that's beautiful for you guys as a family is that you're doing it together, you know. Although you'll, you'll and I'll tell you, you'll hate each other <laughs> along the way, but uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing when you look back over over time when you look back and I look back and I see Ellie and I think about her uh, practices with Naomi Osaka nobody knew Naomi Osaka and is that right nicest a nice family nice kid and no one knows about her sister who is uh, you know in the 300s and actually a very good player and got a wild card into and got a wild card into miami so some people know because they saw her picture that's right that's right and and, and, and the the parents are nice and and um it's just funny i i I sat there at the um volvo by myself eating and i look up and i see somebody with the tray and she goes she says um um you mind if i sit here with you and talk to you mr albach is that right (laughs) i said yeah fine i said yeah she's just very humble very very nice and you know and, and and to think that she's number one in the world and and watching them practice and i remember they both played like svedlina in the practice uh-huh. and, and just watching it and we're thinking, oh, Shvetlina, she, you know, here she is coming up. This is when they were younger and, and now Naomi's number one in the world and that's just, to me, crazy. And then Ellie's old doubles partner and who she's played is and went back right? and forth and juniors and the pros. I, uh-huh. I, I wow. think Sonia Kennan, Sonia Kennan, and there she is, uh, uh, 30s in the world or whatever it is. And I think, wow, you know, so that's why I think when I look how Ellie played against them, if I think that she can get, you know, her mental part straightened out as well as her physical parts, you know, I, I think that there's hope. And, but, you know, as well as I do, when that's not all tracking together, it takes a while. And all it takes is a couple good wins, and the next thing you know, boom, you're, you're, at a, you're playing at a, at a better level. Well, I think you should bring her up here to Chip Hooper and me and just hang out with us and go out to the tennis court and have some fun like you're talking about. And, uh, and and take it from a guy that, that, that played. I mean, Chip got to uh, some great levels, and and I'm not I'm not trying to sell us because we don't we, we don't want to do anything but see her succeed from here on out. But uh, I, I think part of it too is that you know you really have to have somebody as a coach that takes a personal interest in the kid, but knows where to cut it off. You know, and that's a hard that's a hard gray area. So much, uh, and that's that's uh, uh, where 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 it need, and what the parents need to know that too. <laughs> yeah, they, the parents do. Tell them about that. Tell them about that well, because I mean, they, unless you know, you know about it, you've been through it. 
Well, I need to cut it off sometimes. You, you know, when I'm, uh-huh. I'm talking to Ellie uh-huh. and, and sometimes right. when I have Ellie there, I only have a certain amount of time. So I have a lot of information I want to give her, but I have to be careful not to overload that information into dinner time and all that uh, craziness, uh-huh. exactly. which I do and I shouldn't do. And, you know, I'm her dad as well, and I need to be her dad. She and, needs to hear it from somebody else, it seems like. That's and that's, right. that's why that's you right. have a coach. Yeah, and right now Ellie doesn't have a coach. You know, her uh, uh, she um, um, let her uh, uh, coach go, uh, and um, while she was going through this whole uh, incident uh, with her wrist and whatnot, now he's with another player, and he's a super nice guy, and he he really cares uh, about Ellie. But um, maybe if, uh, if 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 he opens up again, then then that'd be somebody uh, good. Um, but I am really intrigued with uh, your serve, and I heard so much about your serve, and um, and I've been watching. I've been trying to think about trying to get Ellie to hit a hard slice and 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 all this, and I'm just intrigued with you guys. With um, I know when you talk about your specialty, you, you know you were you were a good player. I believe you're a legend. When, uh, when I was uh, uh, younger, and um, uh, I. I am really uh, interested in learning uh, 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 not only what you did on the call round game in the court, you know, within your mindset, but also um, uh, the serve, because I think that's such a big advantage in the, in the game today, uh, even in the game yesterday. But um, it's just amazing. And I see these girls starting to toss the ball at the right hand a little more to the right. They're starting to hit a little bit of a harder slice which I wasn't seeing before, and I really am interested in getting Ellie into that game. Well, Chip, what you ought to do then is what you ought to go, because, I mean, it took Borg figured it out, Agassi figured it out, Chang figured it out, once they, you know, because those weren't huge guys, but, I mean, Borg didn't, you know, when I was playing Sunshine Cup, not, I wasn't playing, oh, Orange Bowl Tennis Sherman, I played next to Borg one time, and, you know, he he did he did not have a very good serve, and Agassi did not have a very good serve, and Chang had terrible serve in terms of you know being able to affect anything. And and the the trouble now, Chip, I think, is that the courts are a lot slower, so that makes it harder. But but it really makes it even more important to slice the ball because a flat serve is just no problem for anybody, you know, anymore with these rackets and the head sizes and the slowness of the way it comes up and everybody's hitting the ball inside the service line and all this stuff and you know or they're they're amazons and they flatten the ball out and just nail it but so you got to have an advantage you're right and um, that uh, when you say serve you know i i read a book later and i figured oh yeah that's what it was because roscoe tanner took me and when i was I don't know, 11 years old, he was 15 or something, and I was watching him in Mobile hitting these serves past this guy, and I said, man, that's incredible. He doesn't throw the ball up that high. And and, and you're smart because you said, you know, maybe not on the rise but at the peak, and that's the key to it. That And it's not an on-the-rise serve. It's a misnomer. It's at the peak, and you don't need any more than the peak because then it's right there all the time. And, you know, I, I mean, I had 16 aces on McEnroe in one match in nine service games, 1.5 aces a game. And, you know, he'd just say, yep, it's on the outside of the line. But there's, you know, uh, so much to it that way. And, and that's what I know as Chip is that these girls, and me and Chip Uber have talked about it a lot because, I mean, Chip had a different serve. He had a big bomber, and he was six foot six, and we're not six foot six. So, uh, But the second serve being a totally different thing of making a, a ball move when you kick it, not where it's going up. And Chip said it. He said, I, you, you, I came to you because you had, it, you had it moving to the side. And I said, well, it's just physics. You just touch that left side of the ball and then it goes to the right and then it kicks to the side and then they miss it a little bit and that's that's what you need especially now in the, in the and especially in the girls game is is how do, how do you make somebody make a mistake you know because you know nobody misses right isn't that right chip 
with the top yeah, spin now right. in the back. They can hit forever, right? <laughs> that's right, they can. Yeah. yeah. If you allow them to. Hey, Chip, did you ball boy for anybody famous? I did. Uh, Tell uh, me about it. The other day, I was on um, Queen City Racquet Club before it went to Coney Island where you played that big Cincinnati tournament and prior to that being in uh, Mason. It was uh, it started out at the Tri-State Tournament and and, uh, and at Cincinnati Tennis Club. Is that right? Is that right? And yeah. they, they had the same name as the Tri-State that was played at the Cincinnati Tennis Club in one of the coolest venues where Rusty Schubert was the pro. Uh, that oh, yeah. was built in the 1800s, and it had the w- green painted wood and the, I've, you know, the I've wood decks. You did <laughs> tell me, oh, Rusty, 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 Rusty Schubert. He's he had he had if he, lefty, lefty. Baseball, you would say it's a screwball. <laughs> <laughs> the big lefty, Rusty Schubert. I I remember playing Rusty in in I think it was either Middletown or Springfield. They both had tournaments and. And uh, that's when we were kind of 11 years old or something. A great tennis pro, too, and, and a really good oh, yeah. player. And his mother yeah. was the uh, president of the Midwest Tennis Association, oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah, his sister, his sister mm-hmm. played. And he's a really all-around great guy, too. So. Very, yeah, I liked him. I hadn't seen him in a, a, a while, so I guess he's an old fart like me now. <laughs> well, he... Um, 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 Getting back to Queen City Racquet Club, yeah. was, the name was the Westerns. It was old Western tournament. Yes, I, yes. I don't know if it was called the Westerns when you were. Uh, um, yes, it was. Coney Island or the. Well, ACC, yes. It was the Western Championships before uh, Lindner put his name on it with what Thriftway, I guess it was. Yeah, or, yeah, or Western uh-huh. and Southern or whatever. Western and Southern. They, they, that's right. That's yeah. right. The the um um and they had men's and women's and gosh we we had uh um all types of pros i, I mean i met uh poncho gonzalez is that uh, right was, oh yeah you know the ironic thing my father was a dentist and poncho had a toothache and um uh, poncho uh, um um went to my dad my dad took care of him and uh chip chip I, I chip excuse me dad, chip yeah. excuse me yeah. uh, your dad wasn't just a dentist he was an innovator, but, but oh, yeah, um, right. let's 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 just change gears a little bit. Your your dad is was the fascinating guy because I read him. Tell tell me about what he what he did, the unique thing without being real long. Well, tell me his innovation. He really perfected what my grandfather. My grandfather was a dentist. Okay, oh. so um, so in, in this in, in this day of uh, of. Uh, 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 the quality. My three sisters could have been a dentist. I chose not to be one. But none of them. <laughs> so um, uh, uh, my dad thought I was going to be a uh, a dentist, and he'd take me in his laboratory and he was showing me all this stuff. And I finally looked at him. I said, Dad, I don't want to be a dentist. He said, Okay, you go into sales. <laughs> Case was. You go into sales and you sell big things like like uh, like uh, fire planes or something like that. And I'm like, Okay, so. Uh, Interesting, uh, but um, and my father perfected what my grandfather had started, and um, it was this uh, winged bridge. When somebody would knock the front tooth out, um, uh, you know, you you would put uh, you would have to pull the other teeth to make this bridge. And he, they, they, my grandfather thought that was the dumbest thing in the world, as well as my father. And my father finally perfected it somehow or another that. You take a fake tooth and you wing it, and behind it you put it on there on the back, and, and it was holding. I've had people come up to me. My father died about two years ago, and at his um, uh, uh, um, memory of life, you know, party we had, um, he had a celebration of life. He, he, uh, I had people come up to me going, "I still have this from your father." Is that right? Ago. Is yeah, that and, right? And it, would, and it would stay in. But now they do the implants and whatnot. But Dad perfected it. And um, he had a, uh, a, a patient who was, uh, you know, CEO of a big company in, in Cincinnati. And when he retired, <laughs> excuse me, when he retired, he went to um, Maryland or Baltimore. And um, 
was seeking out a dentist and went to the Baltimore School of Dentistry and, and they all looked at that and were like, oh my gosh, look at this. Well, anyways, they, they didn't go to look for my dad. They uh, went ahead and thought it was a great idea and, um, and uh, patented it. And now it's called the, uh, for the University of Maryland, it's called the Maryland Bridge. And, um, wow. and used the technique used all around the world. And um, so my father, I said, I want to get you credit for that. And he goes, I'm just happy. He goes, I couldn't have gotten it. He goes, I'm just happy that it's around all around the world and, and people are, it's helping people, you know, um, and it helped a lot of people. And so that's what his, uh, his thing is, uh, his gift to the world. So well, that's that was, a great uh, thing. Wow. Thanks for letting me say that. That's no, but that's idea. interesting. Well, well, you know, Chip, we don't just talk about tennis on the show. We try to make it a little... You know, it always goes somewhere else, and as you can probably tell, it's kind of ad lib. And Chip Hooper's not here, but I tell you what, I, I guess you know. Usually, we try to do like twenty-five to thirty-minute shows, so it's nice and compact. But since this was so much fun talking to you and interesting, um, that uh, I went a little bit longer. But what I'd like to do, since your name's Chip too, is to get Chip Hooper on here and let's talk again and and uh, bring Ellie to us if you want to and we'll help her you know like give us I won't say we'll help help her with her serve because a lot of you know pros say yeah I can do this I can do this but what we'll do is we'll show her what we did to be effective and, and then oh, that would be great. if, if you know she what? if she that wants it you know, I've I've got a big old house here. You can stay in the house, bring your whole family, bring your dogs, and Chip will come over, and we'll. Uh, he's in Miami. I'm in Fort Myers, and we'll just find some like courts at the high school or something, and we'll go out there and play as long as you want, and kind of work on it, and and you know, she can just take it for whatever, whatever it is. But um, I love having I'll you the come. Whole, I'll bring the whole family, and we'll move in for a few months. How's that can you do it for six months? You know, we'll, we'll try to find some conglomerate to pay for it and say it's a, like a big, you know, thing for Ellie Halbar Pro Tour. Well, thanks for uh, uh, talking to me. I really enjoyed enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing you and 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 uh, getting together with Ellie because I think it would be a lot of fun. Oh, I am too. It's an honor that you asked me to. Hey, well, let me let me ask you one more thing. Since you've been through the wars and you're a tennis parent, uh, say something out there to the tennis parents that are struggling and trying to get their kid to the top or or at least where they need to be. Just keep going. You know, you're 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 out there. It, 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 you can do anything you want if you want to do it bad enough within reason. That's another saying that my dad gave it gave to me. You know, you have to look and see. What is going on? What are, am I? Am I strengthening my strength? Am I? Am I strengthening my weakness? Um, you have to take a look at the tournaments that you're playing, and make a budget as to can I afford to do this? Um, what about if they can't? What about what about the college route? What about women's college tennis? If they're not going to be a pro, but they want to get an education and have a vocation. Well, I think college is great, especially for the women. You know, with yes. the Title IX, there's a lot yes. of scholarships out yes. there, and, and it's exactly. a great level of tennis. You know, and it's fun, and and you can compete. I think it's important to really look and 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 find a um a uh, a school with a very good coach that can um um you know help develop your game instead of uh you know one that'll just say hey you know this is our team and here's who we play. Yeah, you know, you really want to find a. Uh, Somebody with a that, that's got a good um, a good reputation. Well, what about it? What about if the girls aren't good enough and they they just want to get an education and then get a you know a degree? Oh, that's a no brainer. I would absolutely do that. And because that's be that's ninety eight. That's ninety five percent of them. Oh, I think it's fantastic. You know, and, and what they offer you to go, you know, for uh, get get your education and and and. And play at the at the uh, at the college level. I mean, that's something nobody can take away from you. You know, it depends. And there's all different levels, and and and, and it, within all those levels, there's competition. You know, uh, it's 
I highly recommend it. I think it's great. Yeah, because not not everybody. I mean, Ellie, we don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, it just keeps going up. But you don't know. But every you know, the other ninety five percent are going to fall below it. But with the uh, football teams and everything, and the Title Nine, which you're talking about, which is the thing for equal scholarships for women, you know, a lot of times, sometimes these tennis positions, you know. They've got a lot of scholarships to play on every team, so there's a lot of opportunity there, wouldn't you think? That's right, and 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 within you know within your uh, tennis and college, you know, education it doesn't just mean college. You know, um, mm-hmm. you can get an education actually playing tennis at college. Uh, tennis just resembles life. Yes, you, know, you can be down. Yes. Uh, you can be down and almost out, but you find a way to come back and win. Or you can be up and think you've got everything, you know, the world at your hand. Hey, and uh, you're up uh, uh, 6-0, 4-1, and next thing you know, you're not thinking that that's only one service break and you have command of this player. Next thing you know, it's uh, you're down 3-2 in the third set. You, you know, I mean, things can turn around. And um, in, in life, things can turn around either way, too. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, it mirrors life. It, it does mirror life, and, and you know I think about Ellie down there in Brazil because I remember being over in France or somewhere and playing a big tournament and getting to the last round of qualies and having like two really quality wins, and then losing five in the third to a McEnroe or a Friedler just to get into the tournament, and then you've got like three or four days to sit around and. You know, or go to the next place and practice, and it works. It really does work on your mind. So that's one of the things that I know that Ellie goes through when, you know, she's out there on the tour and you know thousands of miles away from her loved ones and and her family. So that's that's kind of interesting because it it makes me it makes me reflect back on those days. You know, Ellie uh, can lose to somebody who um, may be the next one. There's, there's a girl she lost to in a, in a qualifier that no one knew of, but then the girl in, in the tournament qualifies and, and beats, like, 0 and 1 beats the, uh, the number one seed. You know, so um, <laughs> you never know. And you you do. Just carry on. Well, it's funny that you say that because when you were, talk, we were talk, thinking about Ellie, I was remembering back to when the last year of uh, Forest Hills, they dumped a bunch of clay on it, and Velas and Arantes and Connors were playing on it, but they did the qualifyings out in on Long Island, and uh, I played this guy. I won my first match. I played really well, and I played this guy, and... We it was it was this college junior Davis Cup thing and the coach the coach tells me he says, ah you can beat this guy he's you know he's not as good on clay as you think and you know it's like six oh two oh I'm playing you know this seventeen year old John McEnroe and he's like just beating the crap out of me and I I got it back to zero and four so I felt pretty good about it because I said. <laughs> Hey, I, I think this guy's going to be pretty good. And then Chip, I'm telling you, eight months later, he gets to the he qualifies for Wimbledon and gets to the semis of Wimbledon. And I said, "Oh my gosh!" And my friend Larry Godfrey, who I was rooming with, he he just says, "You know, yeah, you know," because Larry had beaten him in the finals of Kalamazoo six two in the fifth. And he goes. Yeah, the guy's better than you thought, Gary. And so it's it's funny because I know Ellie's going through that too, you know, and she's going to, you know, she's playing people out there that, you know, are going to be top ten in the world, you know, or have been. And so that's interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Chip, thanks for joining us today. And, and uh, when Chip Hooper's back, let's talk again, and, and hopefully Ellie will be in the top hundred of the world there and we can kind of chart her progress. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Well, thanks, right. Chip. Thank you. I'll talk to you again sometime. Bye.